0: Hello and welcome to Not a Couple, a Will and Grace podcast. I'm Matthew. I'm Tess. And this week we are here with Season 7, Episode 8, Saving Grace Again, Part 1. Oh my god, that's kind of a mouthful. It is, isn't it? It has so many commas in it. There's so many things. So this is a weird title for the episode. Uh, longtime listeners will know that there was an episode called Saving Grace in the First season? Second season?
1: It's an early episode.
0: Um, This is not the plot of that episode.
1: No. The plot of Saving Grace was, if I recall correctly from my Googling right before we started recording this, um, that is the episode where Grace sets Will up on a date to further her career. Mm-hmm. And that is not what happens here. Yeah. The only similarity is that
0: there is setting up on a date. Yes. Um, and ironically, Will is the only one who doesn't get set up on a date. So I guess in that regard, it's a rehashing of a single thread from a tapestry of a previous episode mm-hmm. so make of that what you will um all right should we go into the episode description Sounds we got good. a lot to talk about this week we so do. we don't want to completely get hung up on the fact that the will and grace writers named this episode bizarrely but they always do always worth acknowledging when it happens um okay so saving grace again part one after a great date with someone else Grace comes home to a garbled message from Leo. Carrot and Jack try to set each other up, but things go awry.
1: Yeah, that's pretty much what happens.
0: Yeah, that's really good. I wanted to make a pun about the word awry, but I feel like I can't. I feel like... That was kind of underwhelming.
1: <laughs> Every time I hear words that start with uh, I always think of um, that bit in Hocus Pocus when Sarah Jessica Barker's like, amuck, amuck, muck."
0: I don't remember that part.
1: She's the, the dumb blonde.
0: No, I understand. I just don't remember it.
1: Well, that's not my fault. <sighs>
0: so, this episode, we wanted to talk about Jack and Karen first, I think. Yes. Um, Will and Grace have the plot line that is probably most likely to just thread through to next week. Mm-hmm. So, we're saving them for the end. Because mm-hmm. we're smart like that.
1: So, as the episode description says, Jack and Karen decide to set each other up on dates this episode.
0: This is a brilliant setup frankly, for an episode, and I'm kind of amazed it hasn't happened yet.
1: It is so beautiful to watch. This episode was also, just as a sidebar, really fucking hilarious. Yeah. It had so many good one-liners that, like, us repeating them here would not do it justice. Mm-mm. Just trust us, this one's a funny one.
0: Yeah, I think this—I'm I'm starting to understand, ironically, like, the reason that fans of the show were always so avid about it, because I can imagine the ones that stayed through to the this, like, season and next season— like, the show has gotten super tight, mm-hmm. super comedic, way better written than some of the earlier seasons. And if you've been watching it from the beginning, like, there's a really natural, lovely progression. Yeah. I mean, here we have an episode where there's payoff of Will having been a complete disaster for the first six seasons and now being in a romantic relationship. Yep. Um, there's payoff in Jack and Karen's relationship, too, because they've also had romantic relationships and, like, have grown from being caricatures to, like, fully realized characters who would think one day. Why don't we set each other up on a date? How stupid are we for not doing this over the last six years?
1: Yeah. So it's a really fun premise, and it has a really fun payoff. Um, So first of all, we have the conversation in which they learn what the other person likes about one another. And this is a great conversation because um, when Jack is describing his type... It's the same as mine. It's Matthew's type.
0: Which is so sweet. So Jack's type is they have to be a man... And that's it. Yeah, that's pretty much it.
1: And it's really great because Karen's response is, oh, yes, I know exactly the gender, (laughs) which is just like the perfect response. Mm -hmm. Um, And so then Karen describes her type, which is
0: way more specific than Tessa's type.
1: And also not.
0: Not at all Karen's type. Not at all
1: Karen's type. She's like, I want someone who knows me really well, who gets me and makes me laugh and occasionally brings me flowers, which like.
0: I mean, maybe that's Stanley. We don't know. That's true.
1: We never really interact enough with Stanley to know if he was the type who would bring her flowers.
0: I mean, basically, it sounds like Stanley was the kind of type who was, like, so large and in charge that he might accidentally pluck her a tree Mm -hmm. and give it to her and be like, look, flowers. But also, I'm kind of now imagining him as, like, an ogre from
1: Shrek. You've described Shrek. (laughs) Yes. Stanley (laughs) Walker is Shrek. That's the big plot I mean, Fiona
0: is basically just Karen.
1: More drunk and less green, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, so they agree to set each other up on dates, and we see this kind of, like, come to fruition. It's
0: First of all, I didn't know they were doubling, which makes sense from a um, – what's the word I'm looking for? An expediency of narrative? Yeah. Like, you have to put them together or the episode – diffuses way too much totally um but it makes it all the funnier then because jack brings karen gardner
1: yes like her garden her
0: gardener who i'm pretty sure has already been married to rosario yes
1: he specifically says that he and rosario quote have a casual thing but i'm pretty sure that they got married because that's why rosario wanted to divorce jack way back in the day
0: not important and then karen one-ups him by bringing him a uh, african-american gentleman who's on the down low which is not something that i was <laughs> aware that will and grace was aware of At all.
1: I... Did they, like, hire a black writer for, like, one episode or something? I don't know.
0: I don't know. I mean, actually, like, considering the show's handling of race, it's actually not the worst. I mean, like, it's certainly better than it got depicted on Law & Order SVU. True. Which is my previous introduction to the (laughs) down-low. Thank you, Ice-T, I
1: think. (laughs) You mean like it's when someone has a (laughs) wife, but then they sleep with other dudes? (laughs) Yeah, Ice, you got it.
0: Good work, Ice. Proud <laughs> of you, man. Fight the power.
1: It's like when someone smokes too many cigarettes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but it's it's great because, like, first of all, it, it galvanizes the side of Jack that we don't see very often, uh-huh. which is this kind of, like, almost political, like, radical, gay he's so, something. He's so
1: close he's, to being political. Like,
0: if Jack had more than eight brain cells, he'd be Larry Kramer.
1: Yes, he would Larry
0: Kramer notably has only nine brain cells.
1: Yes, and the ninth one is rage.
0: (laughs) It's just all rage. It's It's just all fury and rage. (laughs) Um, But but he's so close, and, like, it doesn't happen very often because Jack is normally very dumb. But, like, Mm -hmm. whatever, like, Jack's gayness is, not called into question, but, like, is brought up as a theme, he's very militant about it. Like, he's, like- I won't date this guy because he's not out.
1: Yeah, he straight up tells the guy, like, call me when you're out. Like,
0: It's played for laughs, but it's serious.
1: Uh-huh, which is also sort of interesting when you think about it in relation to his uh, relationship with Officer Drew in the mm. revival. Because if you think about it, Officer Drew was a closeted guy who still had a wife. And mm-hmm. so I think we... Perhaps therein lies the the sort of seed of why he and Jack don't work together. Mm-hmm. Because ultimately Jack was sacrificing his out and proudness to be with this guy and then once Drew I mean
0: sacrificing is a is a
1: yeah, loose complicated
0: loose word because like sacrificing like while the wife wasn't upstairs making the pizza rolls. Right. Like, you know.
1: <laughs> My totino. <laughs> My
0: totino.
1: <laughs> but but they they don't work because once Drew comes out, then he wants to date other people. And mm-hmm. Jack is just sort of like, no, 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 I want a commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, So we kind of, we see the seeds of Jack sort of asserting himself as someone who isn't willing to compromise on being out. And I mm-hmm. think that that's really cool to see.
0: Well, this comes a week after we had the episode where uh, Jack is getting invested in the gay bookstore, too.
1: Yeah. Um.
0: Now... That episode, he's, he's a so little close. bit less actualized. Like, he's very much like, "Let's save this bookstore." The owner felt me up once, and I really want to preserve that for future generations. I Which, felt like, fondled here. Yes, like uh, not ideal, but also still like kind of a quintessential gay experience of the time. So like, you know, like yeah. we don't condone getting fondled in a bookstore, but like
1: unless it's consensual.
0: Oh, I assumed it was consensual.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can get fondled consensually in a bookstore.
0: I didn't get the sense that the relationship was open, though, with the current bookstore owner. Ah, uh, so that, new. No. That's a whole different thing. No,
1: it did not appear to be open. But yeah, it, it's sort of nice to see Jack be like, nope, not going to date this guy. Uh-huh. Um, we also learn that the guy is on the DL because he's like, oh, uh, can we go somewhere else? This restaurant is a place I go with my wife a lot. <laughs> Which is just like yeah, chef's kiss. But what we get out of this is...
0: We get the realization that Jack and Karen are not good at setting each other up. Not because they're idiots. Although, to be clear, they are idiots. They
1: are idiots, and that's definitely part of it.
0: But it's also because, like, they genuinely don't want to set each other up, which is, like, yeah, cute. I mean, it's it's controlling and codependent. But also, it's, like, cute, because they're like, yeah. I don't want to lose what makes our relationship great.
1: Right, and they both kind of say, like, no one is good enough for you, mm-hmm. so why would I set you up with someone support Such a
0: relatable feel. Oh,
1: my God, it's the biggest mood in the world. Yeah.
0: Um, but when they kind of just, like, reaffirm their friendship in a way that, like, has always been implied on the show, that, like, Mm -hmm. they're the kind of crazy, stereotypical comparison to Will and Grace. Mm -hmm. But it's surprisingly rare that Jack and Karen affirm that they have that same, like, gay and girl relationship.
1: Right, and I mean, we've even seen tensions with this in previous seasons, like, just last season when Karen was getting married to Lyle, Mm-hmm. Um, she straight up told Jack that she wasn't going to have time for him when she was married. Yeah, and I
0: mean, I, I'm not willing to say that the Will and Grace writers have any understanding of continuity, but it does kind of feel like this is an evolution for her character. Yeah. Even if totally on accident.
1: Yeah, even if we just kind of, oops, stumbled into it, I'm here for it, let's do it, Karen's all in now. Like it's Karen, and at this point
0: in the show, is a character who has had a tiny amount of character development, and as a result now values her relationships with her friends more i mean this is a season where she gets really upset with grace because grace doesn't give her credit for her work yeah now she's saying to jack like you're my person basically i mean like i don't know how much of that is intentionally a kick off or a, a reverb from her giving up on her second marriage but like It's hard not to see that as at least implicit in her character. Yeah,
1: those things are definitely connected threads. Mm -hmm. Even if that isn't the intention of the writer, um, death of the author, we can just decide that we inferred that.
0: Well, at minimum, it seems like it's a a conscious choice to have Karen be a little bit less cartoonish and a little bit more real and Mm -hmm. thinking about what would this character want at this point in her life? Yeah. And what she wants is to have her really close friends. And I think it's really sweet that we see her and Jack say that they'll be each other's boyfriends.
1: Yes, and it also very much so made me realize that we're each other's boyfriends. We are definitely
0: each other's boyfriends. We are yeah. each other's
1: boyfriends, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm a very good boyfriend, I you think. You are.
0: You're a very good boyfriend. My
1: girlfriend said so too. Mm-hmm. Because of course, when you're each other's boyfriends, you're allowed to get some on the side. Yeah, right. That's the that's decision the arrangement. that they come to
0: and that's our arrangement as well.
1: Yeah. How am I supposed to get my rocks off? It's actually
0: weirder that we're not getting some on the side. Like, it's, it's objectively creating tension in our relationship because we're like, oh, I really want to, like, diffuse this energy through sex, but I can't do that.
1: Can't do it with you because you kill my boner. Mm-hmm. Disappointing. Disappointment. Let's talk about Will and Grace. Yay! Um, so kind of carrying through this, this thread of setting people up, the reason that Jack and Karen were setting each other up is because it all started with Grace deciding that she's ready to date again.
0: Spoiler alert: She is not. No. Um. And here's the other reason she's not on top of everything. In the very beginning of this episode, we established that her anniversary with Leo is coming up. Mm-hmm. Because if you remember, Leo and her got married during sweeps week for no reason.
1: Because uh, Will and Grace decided they needed a wedding, I guess. I, I guess know. I'm
0: sort of proud of Will and Grace remembering that they got them married during fall sweeps last time around.
1: Yeah, honestly, considering that like Will's birthday has shifted a few times, this is. Yeah, I don't know.
0: But Yay, so
1: continuity.
0: because they dropped that line at the beginning of the episode, there's this whole sense of doomsday looming over the episode even before mm-hmm. anything Leo related is addressed because it's very clear that Grace has only been divorced for a couple of months now. Yeah.
1: And frankly, this is the first time I think we've heard that they're even officially divorced. Mm-hmm. I think last we checked in on the legal status, they were just separated. Yeah. So.
0: So it's, it creates kind of like a, a not a Chekhov's gun, but a a Chekhov's manic breakdown.
1: Sort of, yeah. um,
0: Where you know that something's going to happen to Grace that will completely destabilize her attempt at dating. Yes. Um, And I actually kind of thought this would be more external, or internal, not more external, but unfortunately it is not, which is sort of my only critique of the episode, I think.
1: Well, with some sort of slapsticky type comedy, it's a little bit hard to show inner turmoil.
0: Sure, but I mean, like, I, I thought it would be more internally motivated, like, her going on the date and, like, hallucinating Leo or something crazy like that. You know, where it's something about Grace not being ready, not Leo trying to insert himself into her life in some capacity.
1: Yeah. And I think that the thing is that it's it's sort of both of those things, but we just don't really That's see true. her address it until Leo pops back in. Yeah. But before we get to that...
0: Yes, let's take a step back.
1: Let's take a step back. So, so Will
0: is great this episode in every way.
1: Will is straight up the most amazing that Will has been in a long time.
0: Yeah. I mean... He sets her up with a guy from his office. I yes. assume. Yes. Um, named Alan. Mm-hmm. Alan is definitely weird, but like for Grace's boyfriends, he's pretty normal.
1: He's like Grace weird. It's, yeah, it's actually a, not a terrible match mm-hmm. overall. He's
0: mostly charmed by her eating butter raw, mm-hmm. which is horrifying. Raw
1: dogging some butter. Yeah,
0: just horrifying.
1: Um, and then we we have them on this this very beautifully weird date. Yes. Um, because. Okay, so before she goes on the date, she puts on this outfit and you, there's this scene and it goes on for way longer than it's it should. It's way too
0: long, but, but I love I it so much. I fucking
1: lost my shit, um, where Will is adjusting her boobs and her top.
0: I, it, it's, like, really long. Like, he's like, mm, can he's I get them to stay here? He's, no. like, how juggling
1: them and, like, clearly doesn't know the dynamic, like, the physics of how boobs do because... Well, okay,
0: so my basic understanding of boob physics is he's trying to get them to be up. Because yes. men like boobs, who are straight. Mm-hmm. Not straight boobs. Well, they probably also like straight boobs. Anyways. <laughs> Grace's dress is not designed for that. No. It's not a clean supportive dress. Yes. It's like a flapper dress almost. To, to
1: get her boobs up where Will wants them, she would need to implement a bra which, which she not, doesn't
0: appear to be wearing. Which is
1: not possible with the cut of the dress. Right. Um, because of the plunging neckline. But or he, some. He some seems like to tape. think
0: that somehow if he adjusts them just right, like the dress will clump under I don't know what he thinks. I don't know what he thinks. He, He's I, not an architect, man. <laughs>
1: I'm a gay man, not a doctor. <laughs> um, But so he tries to fluff her boobs up. And then it's additionally funny because she goes out into the hall, runs into Jack and Karen, and then Karen also fluffs her boobs up. But then she's like, Will already adjusted them. She's like, oh, adjusted what? Like, she just, like, is playing with Grace's boobs. Yeah, it's... Which is beautiful. It's a very choice. It's just beautiful. But then
0: the other thing of the episode is that Will has been kind of like... Even before she goes on the date, Will is already kind of, like, in a, like, mm, don't do this, don't do that. Yes. Like, he, he knows... He tells
1: her not to eat the butter raw. Right.
0: He knows Grace's first date moves and is, like, totally able to predict them. And then, like, starts calling her on the date to be like, mm, you should have tossed your hair eight times like that.
1: <laughs> He's like, how many times have you giggled and tossed your hair? And she's like, one. He's like, uh-huh. Two. Uh-huh. Okay, eight.
0: I could do this all night. <laughs> Which is What's really... What's the up. other one? It's tossing the hair, it's eating the butter, and it's... Oh, it's talking about the divorce. That's yeah, the very first yeah, one. Yeah,
1: he literally calls her being like, don't talk about your divorce.
0: It's it's just like, it's so exquisitely timed. It's beautiful. It's really, really good.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, mean, Will and
0: Grace never does, like, comedy exactly like that, where mm-hmm. there's like a, a comic repetition to it.
1: Yeah, but that was really good. And it also very much reminded me of, um, like, our behavior with each other when we're on first dates, mm-hmm. like... I've very much so been the person being like, don't touch his pants, don't touch his pants, don't touch his pants, whereas you're sort of just like, have fun, don't get murdered, bye! I I don't want you get murdered,
0: but I also know that I have zero game in general, but especially in relation to you, so I have no advice to give you.
1: I have a lot of game.
0: You have a lot of game. I
1: don't always realize that I have game until I say something and then someone's panties fall at me and I'm like, oh.
0: (laughs) Oh, good work, me. Good job, Tess. Well, ok, here's the other thing about the episode, which I love. So I can't believe it took the Will and Grace writers six seasons to either realize this or get around standards of practices. But now that they've given Will a successful romantic relationship, he's a much stronger character who's better able to support plot lines where he's not explicitly involved. Yes, for example, the whole reason he's able to give Grace this advice that she starts to listen to and then, and then forgets ultimately ignores is because he's like, She's, like, going out the door being like, okay, Will, do will be ridiculous. It's like, um, I'm sorry. Who has a successful romantic relationship? And he's got the fucking receipts. Yes. Like, it's not even like he's currently dating someone. It's like he's currently dating the best romantic partner we've ever seen on the show.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, he has the receipts. He has the key to to Vince's apartment. And it's, like,
0: it's fundamentally a better position for him to be in than mm-hmm. what we've seen before where Will's just a complete disaster with guys. Right. Which
1: doesn't really make sense. It doesn't really make sense. And it also makes sense his constant advice giving in previous iterations of these types of plots not make a lot of li- like he doesn't have receipts he right. kind of just seems like a hypocrite who doesn't know what the fuck he's talking right. about
0: right and based on the way we see will where he's barely dating anyone and the people he does date he only dates very briefly that hypocrisy would make sense except the established backstory we know for the character is he was in a long-term relationship yes. for like what 10 12 years i think or something? it was eight but it was yeah eight
1: it but was even a, still, like a long time, and they live together. So, yeah. like, while that backstory is there, it's not like ever shown or present. Mm-hmm. And so, it's nice to see Will be able to sort of step into this like advice giver role mm-hmm. while actually having the like narrative backup, right. not just like a hand wavy backstory. And that's
0: not to say Will always needs to know what's going on. No. But when it's, pr- when it's purposeful and helpful for him to know what's going on, it's weird for him not to. Mm-hmm. And this season has done a really good job of giving him situations where he has no idea what he's doing and situations where he does have an idea what he's doing and he can give that advice to Grace. Yeah. And then it's still funny. Yes. Like, it's not just, like, Will lecturing Grace for 20 minutes. Like, no, it's... it's... funny because she's not listening to him.
1: Right, exactly. It's very funny. And it's also very funny because he's completely right about everything that yes. she does.
0: Like, I think he even... Does he hesitate to set her up in the first place? I don't remember in the episode. That's the only thing that I think might be a failing is that I feel like Will should say it's too soon.
1: Yeah, I don't really recall. And I mean, that being said, he does set her up with a very benign sort of like date option. Just to shake it off. And I mean, they have the conversation before she goes where he's like, look, this is just... A date to get a date under your belt. And she's like, yep. And she's like, or we'll fall wildly in love. And he's like, yep, and you'll get married. Like, he's... Well, he's
0: also like, yeah, this is your last chance, so good luck.
1: Yeah, he, like, basically is completely there with her with whatever narrative she's telling herself about this date, no matter what it is. Yes. And that's really nice to see also. He's a great
0: yes man. He is a great yes man. He's like, I will support whatever you feel about this date, whether or not I actually agree with it.
1: Yeah. So then the date goes well. Mm -hmm. Grace has a good time. She comes home and there's a message on her machine from Alan. It's
0: very cute and very weird because we've forgotten how voicemail works and that we didn't used to hate it. Yep. Um, Except then there's also a message from Leo.
1: And so, in my notes... Tess, like,
0: climbed out of their body.
1: (laughs) I literally wrote, oh, fucking Leo. Yeah. Because this bitch just shows up. He just shows up when I don't want him to. And, like... This is going to
0: sound stupid, but, like, I forgot that, like, if you called someone on a bad connection and left a message, that the message would also be bad. Because, like, that's how phones work.
1: Like, in my brain, I was, like... Matthew, when's the last time you listened to a voicemail? Well, I just mean, like... No, this is a genuine question. Oh,
0: I've listened to a voicemail in the last month.
1: Okay. But, like, it's one of
0: those things where you're, like, oh, yeah, like, phone reception, like, it's important.
1: Also, phone reception used to be really bad a lot of the time. Yeah.
0: And he's talking about how he's going through the Holland Tunnel, which, which is like... Which,
1: why would you call her when you're going through the Holland Tunnel? Oh, he's clearly
0: drunk or something. Yeah. I mean, there's clearly some... First of all, there's clearly something she's not getting in this garbled message. Where yeah, because like, it's garbled. She's hearing the words totally differently.
1: Uh, to the point where she's like deluding herself that he says, I love you at the end. When which he
0: clearly doesn't. He clearly doesn't. I'll be disappointed that's the only twist of it, is that he didn't say, I love you. But it sounds like the sort of message where like... The Will and Grace writers crafted a message where it says one thing, but if you take away just the right number of syllables, it says something completely different. Yeah. Where it sounds like he's thinking about her and is interested and, like, wants to meet at, like, what was it, the top of the such and such?
1: The top of the hotel where they did their wedding photos.
0: Because
1: that was their anniversary plan always, apparently. Yeah, I don't know. Um, But, yeah, so this message comes in, like, immediately following her date, and then... So Will's like, "Oh, how would your date go?" and he, she was like, eh, it was fine. I'm not going to see him again." Like,
0: yeah, and she just like completely
1: self-implodes. And it's so sad. Like she's just like totally freaking out. Mm-hmm. And like then we have this beautiful scene where um Karen and Jack basically like stage a mini intervention because
0: <laughs> they've been listening in on their voicemail. <laughs>
1: they've been hacking the voicemails.
0: I had forgotten also that that was a thing. Like yeah. you could call into your voicemail so you could get technically give or in this case have your voicemail code stolen, and someone could call in and listen to your voicemail.
1: Yeah, so they listen to the message like forty odd times, and they're just like, "Oh, what are you gonna do about that?" And and Grace is just like, "I don't know. I think he wants to get back together." Blah blah blah.
0: And they're all like, "No, he's he yeah." Not.
1: And like Will is very like legit. He's just like, "This is the same man who always prioritized his work over your marriage and then cheated on you." Like and again, like because we have
0: Will being in a romantic relationship, so he has credibility. And this is a consistent, like, character move for him. Mm -hmm. Like, when she and Leo were dating, he's all over the place. Yeah. But ever since they started these divorce plot lines, he's been really straightforward. Like, as soon as he finds out that Leo cheated on her, he's done with it. Yep. And that's been really helpful for the show.
1: Yes. I think having Will be a consistently good friend when it comes to this, even when he's a good friend and Grace doesn't want to hear it, is really helpful.
0: I do think there's something to the idea of when their relationship is newer... Will waffling between being supportive of Grace and hating Leo. Yeah. I think that's totally legit.
1: I mean, that's how it's been with all of your ass boyfriends.
0: But, moving <laughs> on from that point, um, I I think there's better character and story choices in the consistency.
1: I agree. I, I mean, we're seeing so. that. Yeah. And, yeah, it, it works a lot better. And so, while Grace is sort of waffling and freaking out about what to do and feeling very sad about Leo, mm-hmm. Will decides that, they're going to distract Grace. They're going to take her away for the weekend.
0: And this is, again, a good idea.
1: Yeah, because Grace is straight up, like, going to just sit around the apartment and obsessively listen to that Mm -hmm. message if she stays there in the city on the weekend of their anniversary.
0: Now, to be clear, I don't think that this plot line needs to be a two-parter. There's nothing happening in this plot that, from a character-driven perspective, couldn't be resolved by these characters based on the information they have. Like, Grace has already had a couple of these plots where she, like, is sad about Leo, and then her friends talk to her, and then she's fine again. Mm-hmm. And it's only the fact that they're raising the stakes artificially with the anniversary thing, and also that they wanted to have a two-part episode, that this is carrying forward. Yeah. So that's a little frustrating to me, personally. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you. Eh,
1: I don't really care that much. I probably could care more, but I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I just,
0: I, part of it is that I just don't have any interest in this, like, oh, Leo, like, yeah.
1: That's completely fair. Um, but then, you know, as they're leaving to go on this trip, which Will sort of was like, um, like, let's go, you're going. And Grace is like, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to go. And then she's waiting outside for him, right. which is kind of cute. Um, Karen and Jack naturally invite themselves to go along with. Sure, why not? And they kind of are like, we don't want you to come. And they're like, great, shotgun. Like, they just <laughs> completely ignore that this is supposed to be like a friend date mm-hmm. weekend away thing.
0: Yep. It's a couple's date.
1: It, you know, I honestly must say, as a platonic couple, I very much so advocate for those because I feel mm-hmm. always, I feel like we always like come back really rejuvenated and refreshed in our relationship when we mm-hmm. take like a weekend to just like not talk to other people mm-hmm. and just kind of do our thing.
0: See, I thought for a second you were saying the other way, and I was like, yeah, if we could find another platonic couple to go foursies with, that could be really fun. That
1: could be fun, but right now we don't have any friends, so. Mm, that's true we got to find
0: that platonic couple to go. I I have friends at school, You have yeah. some
1: friends. And I have some friends at school, but, like... Some of the
0: friends I have at school could be rich. Maybe they have a house. I mean, probably not. They're all theater people, so... Yeah,
1: I mean, they're definitely poor.
0: Yeah, probably. But they could inherit money.
1: Maybe one of them has, like, a rich uncle. Yeah, there you go. That'd be awesome. That'd
0: be super cool. Also, Anyways.
1: Also, just um, a few throwaway lines that were just really funny to me that I feel like we must address before yes, we... at
0: least just, like... Kind of do a nice little cattle call. Um,
1: There's this moment when Karen and Jack are complaining about the people that they tried to set Grace up with and how she went out with Will's guy, but not with their people.
0: So Karen's is a lady.
1: Uh, It's their UPS delivery (laughs) person.
0: And Grace is very, you know, I'm not going to do that. And Karen's like, oh, Grace, I didn't know you were a homophobe. And like, it's funny because Karen doesn't understand how sexual orientation works.
1: Because she's a pansexual superstar (laughs) or whatever. And, and
0: she's 200 years old or something. Yeah,
1: She literally says in the episode that she's 200 years old, which is another hilarious one It's letter. definitely a
0: part of the characterization of Karen that I think the revival has totally forgotten. And, and it's very stupid of them to have done because so. Because
1: it's very funny. Um, but then we find out that the person that Jack tried to uh, set Grace up with was a homeless man.
0: Yes, it was. Yes. Who
1: lived on a train. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, and he's also upset. He's also upset that Grace didn't want to go with him. I'll go out with him and she's like the one bedroom apartment he was telling us about was like the steer like the the luggage car of a train or something (laughs) and he's just like grace i didn't know you were such a hobophobe
0: (laughs) like i had to pause the episode hobophobe like the two of us were losing our shit like out of all the jokes that will and grace has told like that is the most artfully set up and executed one and it's literally of all time it's
1: also the least gift like why is that thing not gift all of the time i want that I want that as a reaction image. Damn it, Internet. Come on. Come
0: on, Internet. I don't think there was anything else that was even close
1: no. to that.
0: There, but was... there was one thing that Jack said, which I think we should end the episode on because it's just so chef's
1: kiss. Okay. What is it?
0: Um, well, when they're talking about going on their dates, Jack is saying, well, I'm very happy to be set up, although I am having dinner on a regular basis with Mark Wahlberg. And Karen's like, oh, tell me more. And Jack's like, oh, well, you know, he threw out a sandwich once and I took it out of the garbage and I've been eating little bites of it every night. <laughs> it's just, it's like. I'm just going to keep building.
1: It's so fucking
0: weird. It's kind of like, and I know we talk about this show on this podcast all the time, and it's not Will and Grace. It's kind of like season three of Difficult People.
1: Where things just get a little magical realism. Yeah, and it's like, that's a little bit
0: unusual. But, but I, we just don't address it. Yeah. We just go with it, and it's beautiful. It's like that. Yeah. Like, that's, that's definitely something that I can see any of the characters on that show saying. It's It's so majestic and so beautiful.
1: It is so majestic and so beautiful. All right.
0: I think that's all we have for this week. Yeah. Tess, can you tell people where they can find us on the internet?
1: Absolutely. So if you want to find us on the interwebs, the best place to find us is our Twitter page. We are at NotACoupleShow. In addition to posting the episodes of this podcast, we also live tweet all the episodes of The Revival, so you can Mm -hmm. catch us there. Um you can also find us on Facebook and on Tumblr and if you want to tell a friend where to listen to this podcast cuz you are smart and you live in Missouri and you've already found us. Thank you. Thanks Missouri. Um you can tell them you can check us out on Podbean, Apple Podcasts or Spotify.
0: All right. As you know from listening to this we're not taking a Thanksgiving break cuz it is Thanksgiving.
1: That's happy a chicken. <laughs> holidays
0: to all you Americans and anyone else who wants to celebrate Thanksgiving today.
1: And an especially happy holiday to you Missouri. <laughs>
0: Um, we'll be back next week with the second part of this two-part episode. Until then, I'm Matthew. I'm Tess. And this is Ben. Not A Couple. Bye-bye. This episode of Not A Couple was recorded in front of a live studio audience of one cat. Hi, Liza. Happy Turkey Day. This episode of Not A Couple was sponsored by the Human Rights Campaign which has completely shifted to combating homophobia.